Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a very special new guest. I'm super excited and stoked to talk to. Uh, Very unique uh, thing that he has going on. So he is friends with Miss Ellie, and everybody knows and loves Miss Ellie. Um, She's my bestie and has been a... uh, multi-returning guest on this show so welcome mr zach how are you my dear i'm doing great janet thanks for having me on i appreciate the opportunity to share all about this kind of unique situation so uh i am super excited to talk to you about that today so first off i want to start with a little bit of uh background on the other thing that you have Um, that you were born with. So if we can talk about that uh, first, and then we're going to get into the, to the new thing nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) Uh, Sure. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're talking about the club foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I was born with what's called bilateral club feet on both feet. Um, Basically what it means is my feet were turned up upwards. So like the bottom of my foot was facing up so they kind of look like little field hockey sticks, if you can imagine that. It's mm-hmm. kind of bent up. Um, and it's a genetic deformity. I had multiple reconstructive surgeries done. The first one was at eight months old. So I don't remember that one at all, obviously. Mm-hmm. Probably um, good thing. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, <laughs> you know, you have to wait. Uh, actually, it was 10 months old. It was, it was when I started walking. So, I, you know, you have to wait till bones harden up at, at, uh, when you're an infant. So they did the first round there. Um, and then when I was eight years old, I had a follow-up round on one foot, but not the other. So I had two surgeries on one, one on the other. So <clears throat> let me ask you this, because a lot of people don't understand um, that even after the surgeries are completed, you can still have issues from that lifelong. Oh, Do yeah. you still have problems to this day? Yeah. And and I know I'll have problems the rest of my life. I mean, they, they basically cobbled my feet together. I mean, it's like trying to like duct tape your bumper on and expecting it to look like new. (laughs) It's just not the same. Good old Uh, duct tape. (laughs) That'll fix everything. Exactly. Duct tape and some super glue basically. (laughs) So what they did, so I was lucky enough that the doctor who invented the surgery happened to be in the hospital when I was born. Mm -hmm. So it was a, you know, it was a act of God for sure that he was there. And he took me right away from my mom and put some casts on my feet right away. And the idea there is that you're fresh out of the womb. So your feet are still malleable. So they were able to kind of shape them a a little bit uh, just by doing just casts. Um, so that was great. I had, you know, the doctor that invented the surgery, um, being my doctor is is about as good as it's going to get. Uh, the surgery back then involved making an incision on the inseam. So kind of like right at the side of your big toe where your big toe meets your foot Mm -hmm. and then going all the way up to where my Achilles meets my, uh, the bottom of my calf muscle. So it's a, it's a good, you know, 14 inch long scar on Mm -hmm. both feet and they, they open the foot up. And then they can take the bones and tendons and kind of, you know, we'll disconnect this tendon. We'll put it, we'll pin it down here and we'll shave this bone down and move this muscle and just kind of rearrange the foot so that it can sit flat. So I have, I went from having like super high arches. So I'm going to see what the camera, like my feet were shaped like, like a, like a ballerina's foot, like super high arches. 
Mm -hmm. uh, now my feet are just completely flat down. So they almost had to like loosen the tension, drop the foot to the ground, pin everything in place and then put a cast on it. So I know a lot of times, um, even when they do like plantar fasciitis surgery mm -hmm. um, and they cut that Achilles tendon, uh, it causes like a weakened calf muscle. Have you had any problems with weakness in your legs? Oh, yeah. my my I have chicken legs for sure. <clears throat> it's funny because the deformity goes all the way up to my knee because of that. Mm -hmm. But from my knee up to my waist is normal. So I've got this like big... I mean, I'm six two, so I'm a big guy, and I've got like a big, strong calf, and then my 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 calves are like, they're a big, strong <laughs> thigh. I'm sorry, and then my calves are like, you know, not even as big as my forearm. So yeah, for sure. Do you have a lot of nerve pain? Would you say, or is it more bone pain, or or both? It's both. It just kind of varies. Like it goes foot to foot. Like you know, for a couple months, my right foot will be bugging me, and then then my left foot will be bugging me for a while, and the pain kind of moves around. I think what it is, is I'll, if I start getting pain somewhere, I'll uh, baby that area mm -hmm. and babying that area puts pressure on the other foot or different areas of the foot. So then that pain just kind of migrates. It's, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I mean, I'm used to it now, but pretty much every single morning, it takes me a while to be able to walk with my feet fully flat on the ground. Mm -hmm. like I imagine they want to kind of revert back to that cup shape. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like walking, like on the outsides of my feet with the insides of my feet off the ground for like the first 20 minutes to an hour every morning. And then once I get out, move around a little bit, walk around the house a little bit, then my feet will kind of relax and I can go out the rest of the day. Are you stiff when you first get out of bed? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like my, my, um, the, the outsides of my ankle aren't, you know how most people on the outside of their ankle have that kind of like little, almost like a golf ball shape mm -hmm. bump. Mine's right. indented. So it's like the opposite. Mm -hmm. So it's like a hole on both sides of the ankle. And that's where it hurts the most. So is there anything that you have found that helps with the discomfort and the pain? Yeah. Um, Kratom has helped a lot. So I try not to take pharmaceuticals if I can help it. Good. Um, so Kratom <laughs> helps, but I try not to take that too much too. Um, you know, I, I use, uh, uh, what is it called? Magnesium oil. Mm -hmm. That works nicely. And what else? Other things. I mean, icing, heat, things like that, and the normal stuff. Have you ever used like a TENS unit? Do you know what that is? Not familiar with that. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like electrical stimulation. It's like a little uh, handheld device that has um, uh, wires and like almost like a little electrodes. Like you would see them doing an EKG in the hospital or something. Oh, okay. But it's where you put it... Um, like on each side of your ankle or, you know, on the top of your foot or whatever. And then you can turn the volume up to, you know, whatever voltage. And it, it kind of like shocks that nerve to help, you know, not only help regeneration, but, but a lot of times takes care of pain. Have you ever tried oh, to do that before? I, I have not. I definitely <clears throat> should look into that. I'm open to any kind of new alternative uh, healing things for sure. I'm very open-minded with that stuff. I know you've probably had um, lots of conversations with Elle about essential oils and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm into all that stuff. <laughs> like we make our own toothpaste and yep. laundry detergent. I mean, everything. Like we try to go super all natural. <laughs> I haven't used anything but Dr. Bronner's soap in probably a decade. No shampoo, no conditioner, 
Yeah. Just Dr. Bronner's soap. I mean, granted, I am bald. (laughs) You're not bald. I I meant buzzed. I should have said buzzed. So I don't really have hair to use shampoo on anyway. But yeah, it's, you know, keeping it as natural as possible makes a big difference. It works wonders on your beard too, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. This thing comes in nice and thick. Yeah. (laughs) So I was really glad to hear that uh, you say that you try not to use pharmaceuticals. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about me, but I'm a retired nurse. Yeah, you, yeah, now, I, I did read that. Yeah, yeah. Now I spend most of my time uh, exposing the medical industry and oh, good for uh, you, medications and and things like that. So, um, yeah, I was really glad to hear that uh, you don't do that. But in the past, after surgeries, did they put you on stuff? I don't really remember. I mean because I was eight years old, my mom probably gave me something for pain, mm-hmm. I guess. And I'm sure they gave me morphine and things like that when I was mm-hmm. coming out of the, the surgery. But your guess is as good as mine. I'm, I'm sure I had the standard, <laughs> the standard care in the eighties, whatever that was. So did you have to wear uh, the cast for a very long time after the surgery or when mm-hmm. I was little? So b- both, I guess. So I had the, I had two sets of casts as a baby, as an infant. Um, and then, the cast for the when I was eight years old that yeah it took a long time I think I had it on for like two three or four months mm-hmm. it was because there were there were pins inside and everything had to be just held in place for a long long time it wasn't like a broken bone where they could take right. it off in a month and then when they cut the cast off it was pretty interesting the uh, the doctor was like look me in the eye don't look down and he just like yanked out all the pins. And I didn't feel a thing, but uh, he wouldn't That's let me keep good. them. I wanted to keep them. I was eight, and I was like, "Can I? Can I have them?" And he was like, "No, no, I'm going to throw them out." And I'm like, "No, I want them as a souvenir." I want to take them home and play with them. Yeah, I want a, a memento from my. Uh, Who needs Legos when you have pins? Yeah, I did. They did find a couple pennies and stuff in the cast too, of course. Oh, I remember having a cast before, and oh my gosh, it would itch so bad. Do you remember ever like? sticking like a pencil or anything in your cast to like oh, yeah. scratch they, yeah yeah they found all sorts of stuff in there <laughs> that's the eight. worst <laughs> and then when you take them off they smell really funky yeah they <laughs> you're smell like horrible. oh wow and especially back in the day because i mean the cast nowadays are way more advanced than they were oh, back then back then 100%. it was like it was like Just gauze plaster. and plaster of Paris. yeah exactly <laughs> super super basic <clears throat> Those were lovely times, lovely times. Now they have like the waterproof casting and, and all kinds of stuff, but yeah. Yeah. yeah like the inflatable ones. and all. <laughs> yeah. I told my niece, she was lucky because uh, she fell on the trampoline and like split the back of her head mm-hmm. and we, we were going to the hospital and I was like, oh man, she's gonna have to get stitches. And they just like pushed it together and glued it. Glue. Yeah. And I'm like, man, when I was a kid, I was like, they got the needle out and they were just sewing me exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> They didn't have that stupid this blue is going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember to breathe. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> oh, boy. So um, when you had like uh, the surgeries and stuff done, and it, when was the last one? Like how old were you? I was eight. Yeah, that was the last eight. one. That was the last one. Yep. So uh, how do you have to wear like anything? kind of special shoe right now since you're so flat-footed that's a great question and it's going to open up a huge can of worms but i'm ready to tell you so 
my whole life after that, my mom always made sure I had really good, stiff, supportive shoes, you know, some right. high arches, stiff sold. Right. Uh, and I carried that right up through college and right up through when I got married. Mm -hmm. um, I always got like big, I was, I would always wear like big hiking boots mm -hmm. and I would get the like super feet orthotics. Right. Um, I wore those in like every shoe. I had like 10 pairs of them and my feet were like getting worse and worse. Like mm -hmm. they were so weak. I had no muscle. I, my ankles would roll all the time. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a job for Vibram Five Fingers or with Vibram Five Fingers as a sales rep. So I don't know if you remember the toe shoe, the barefoot toe shoes. Mm -hmm. um, so I started repping those and I'm like, how can I do this? I, I'm expected to wear these things and, and all this stuff. And um, I started wearing them and I would wear them for a couple hours a day until my feet couldn't take it anymore. Then I would wear them a little longer and a little longer. And within a year, my feet were like way better like way less pain. They got longer. I went from a 12 to a 13. Uh, they got wider. I went from a D to a double E. They got thicker, uh, definitely stronger. I, I, for the first time in my life, I could move my pinky toes. Mm -hmm. uh, so walking barefoot and wearing barefoot style shoes changed everything. And I wear the, that stuff to this day. I stopped repping them years ago, but I still wear them and I still primarily wear barefoot shoes. And that's, which is that's so, which is so funny because that's so um, like counterthetical to everything they always tell you. Yep. You know, you need the arch support. You need, you know, real heavy shoes. You need all the support and blah blah blah. I cannot wear stuff like that either. Yeah, it's uh, it's <clears> funny. <throat> I, I so I would do clinics for this company, and I was trying to explain the benefits of barefooting and and all that stuff. And one of the analogies that I would use is. You go to a foot doctor, my foot hurts. All right, let's make you an orthotic. And I want you to wear this orthotic in your shoes all the time, mm -hmm. forever, right? If right. you were to have neck pain and you go to a neck doctor mm -hmm. and they're like, here, I want you to wear this neck brace for the rest forever. of your life. <laughs> and then, all right. And then so, and so people would be like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, forget it. And then let's say you did. Let's say you wore it for like a year. And then one day you took it off. You're, you wouldn't even be able to hold your head up. Right. Your whole neck would atrophy and your head, you wouldn't even be able to hold your head up. All, all those muscles would fade. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what happens to your feet. They yes. just get weak and sore. So everyone's like, oh, my feet are sore. My feet are weak. I need more support. So they right. just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, and that never fixes anything. Yeah. And that's, um, I went through the custom fit orthotics and all that crap because I had massive plantar fasciitis for a really long time and had those made. And I'm telling you what, they were the worst because <laughs> they were so hard and it made like the pain worse. And then, and then I think the worst thing they ever did was strapping. Have Strap. you ever had strapping done? No. It's like, um, it's almost like they tape everything um, I mean, I've had my feet taped for sports, so. but it's really, it was like really, really tight. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this is terrible. I had my ankles taped like that for basketball and I could stand it during the game and it helped, mm -hmm. help me stabilize during the game. But I, I had to take it. I had to cut it off like immediately. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I kind of Get just ignored out of it here. during the game. <laughs> so you have um, one of the most unique conditions that I have ever run across mm -hmm. um, because not very many people have ever, ever heard of it. They don't know much about it. They don't 
really no like proper diagnosing or treatments or, or whatever. So tell people what it is that you have and when did it start? Okay. So I have a condition that's known now as misophonia, which translates into fear of sound. Mm -hmm. So misophonia. Um, originally, it was called uh, selective sound sensitivity syndrome, which mm -hmm. like 4S, uh, but that was a too much of a, a mouthful. So they changed it to misophonia <laughs> at some point. Um, this, did, th this, this condition didn't even have a name until 2010. Right. So it was not even diagnosed. Um, it was just, oh, they're, that person's weird or they, it's their tick or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. Essentially what it is, is certain noises, typically human body noises or repetitive noises tend to elicit a fear, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, fight or flight response from people that suffer from it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like, oh, that person's chewing gum. That's annoying. I wish they would stop. It's, I want to run out of this room. I'm, I, I break out in sweat. Uh, my back clench clenches up. It's almost like if you're it, the equivalent would be like you're out in, in um, the Savannah and you see a lion next to you. Mm -hmm. And that fear that you'd get from that is what people that have misophonia get when they hear chewing noises. It's mostly chewing noises. I would say that's the, that's the primary one I hear for most people. Now, do you ever get, um, does it ever elicit like an emotional response as far as like, uh, anger or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the hardest part to control. Cause like, I have to remind myself that people are just doing normal human noises they're not doing it to hurt me. They're not doing it to upset me, but that's what my brain tell, tells me. So I have to like, it's the re reptilian part of my brain. So I have mm -hmm. to counteract that and just, you know, put on my headphones, walk away, leave the room and not blame them for it. Put it that way. But yeah, absolutely. You, you feel like they're trying to hurt you. You're, you're very unique in the, in the aspect that you can stop and think about that because most people don't because it's so reactive for them. Yep. So, and I, I, well, I have, I don't every time I, I <laughs> there's, been, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, <laughs> stop chewing. Yeah. Yeah. So when, and I, and what, what, I, what I'm thinking in my head is I want to, you know, punch this person in the face, but when did you first that. notice this? Oh, I mean, as soon as I can you know, back, back as far as I can recall. I so think, your childhood. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, my brother and sister eating potato chips, forget it. You know, I couldn't even be in the room. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad actually got me those like old school 1980s workers earmuff things that I could mm -hmm. eat during that I could use during dinner. And mm -hmm. that helped, you know, it, it was it, it's gotten progressively worse as I got older. So that kind of sucks. Like, I don't I don't remember it being this severe as a kid. But then again, you know, I don't remember everything from being a kid. either. So, so when it first started happening, um, do you like, how did your family react? How did your mom and dad, did they think you were berserk or? They didn't believe me for the longest time. They they didn't believe me until I was an adult and I showed them some documentaries on it. They mm -hmm. thought it was just, I was just overreacting. It was mm -hmm. kind of like, just get over it. You're so emotional. Dramatic. Yeah. Don't be so dramatic about it. <laughs> just tune it out. You know, right. things like that. Yeah. And they, they've apologized since, but, uh. So is it mostly uh, chewing sounds for you or are there other things that are also triggers? It's mostly chewing. 
it's mostly mouth noises. So it could be sneezing, slurping, crunching, uh, blowing with your nose mouth too open. much. Or... <laughs> Chewing with the mouth open was by far the worst. My dad used to do that. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> Luckily, my parents chew with their mouth closed, but they're still, you know, the thing is like people will be like, oh, I chew with my mouth closed. So why does it still bother you? But I can still hear it. Like, right. That doesn't eliminate it. That so it's it better, but it feels like it's amplified then. Uh, when, when they chew with their mouth closed or open? Um, just that sound in general. It, oh it yeah, seems yeah. Like an amplification of that that yes. sound. Okay, now I see what you're saying. Yeah, so there can be all sorts of other noises going on in a room, and I'll like pinpoint the one chewing noise, and mm -hmm. that's all I can hear. Yeah, absolutely. So how is that? As far as like being around people in a break room on their lunch or being at a restaurant, I am blessed eating with your family. <laughs> well, I work from home as a sales rep. I've done this for 15 years and mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it otherwise. Um, mm -hmm. So like when everyone did work from home during the pandemic, as I call it, I'm mm -hmm. sure you do too. But uh, exactly. Uh, I was, I was already like, this is nothing new for me. I, I work from home anyway. I do travel, so I um, I didn't have to visit accounts for a while, which was nice. But um, mm -hmm. so that's nice. I don't have coworkers. Well, I do have coworkers. I I only see them a few times a year. Um, but as far as my family goes, I'll answer that one first. My wife and son are really really understanding. Uh, typically, they'll just warn me if they're going to eat something crunchy. So, you know, my son's like, "Hey, I'm going to eat some goldfish, Dad. I'll just go downstairs and hang out in my office or go outside and work on something." Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back in 20, 30 minutes later and hopefully they're done mm -hmm. uh, for dinner. We usually eat in the living room. So I'll sit in my chair. They'll sit on the couch. We'll watch some TV and just eat on TV trays. So that. do you have to wear like headphones while you're eating? Depends on the meal. Gotcha. So if it's like a crunchy, loud meal. Yeah. If it's hamburgers or something that's not like loud, <clears throat> then I can. And because my wife will sit kind of like on the other side of the living room from me so it's not so bad mm -hmm. if it's like it's the worst is what like like for instance at a restaurant i'll answer that part i i would never i go to restaurants as little as possible because they're very stressful for me overall well i can imagine um but i would never like sit at a bar because i could be eating and someone could sit right next to me and order a plate of nachos and i can't just get up and move that'd be really rude mm -hmm. or there might not be a place to move to so when i do go to a restaurant i always try to get a booth and if I can pick one that's kind of in a corner, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I always bring my noise can. I've got the little Bose right. noise canceling headphones. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty cool because they have three different settings. So I can turn the noise canceling on high, low, or off. So if I wanted to eat with somebody but still have a conversation with them, I can turn the noise canceling off. But just the fact that they're plugged in is enough for me to still talk with people but mm -hmm. not hear them chew. So. Those have been a lifesaver big time. I wish I had those when I was a kid, man. Right. <laughs> the yeah. technologies that we have now are impressive. Yeah. Just being able to keep those in my pocket all the time. Oh, that would have been great. So do you notice when that happens that um, not only do you have like the fight or flight thing going on, but do you notice like your blood pressure going up or do you get uh, a headache or anything like that along with it? I get really tense. Like I can feel my back tightening up and like my fists will tighten up and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure my blood pressure goes up, but I've never done a, an experiment 
nor do I want to. <laughs> yeah, because you know, and it's such a such an interesting thing. Like neuro neuro stuff is my absolute favorite thing on the planet, besides drama. I know that's gross, but yeah. Um, but neurologically speaking, um, you know, it, it it's very closely related to people that have synesthesia. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, there's different types of synesthesia, but they, all of these conditions, including yours have to do with like, um, the, the nervous system and how, um, like the length of the sheaths on your, you know, um, the myelin sheaths on your nerve endings and, and things like that. Um, and it's also considered like your second nervous system. Okay. Okay. So it has to do with your gut and your brain biome, both all, both these conditions, but with synesthesia, uh, sometimes people associate like emotions with colors, oh, um, and see things, you know, see like, uh, musical notes and colors or, oh, yeah. okay. um, hear, yeah. hear colors or, you know, whatever it's, it's hard to explain to people that. I guess have never had that sort of situation. Um, some people like hear everything as numbers. Um, so you've got colors, you've got numbers, but theirs and yours all have to do with those, with the neurons. So my question is, was there ever a time in your life um, that either you were on like antidepressants um long-term pain medications, uh, any, any, any medications per se that mess with your nervous system or your brain activity? Uh, I've never been on antidepressants <clears throat> or any of those, but I would imagine that I was on some pretty heavy mm -hmm. painkillers as a kid, mm -hmm. especially coming out of the surgeries when I was little, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure they put me on all sorts of stuff back then. And I'm going to guess you're kind of similar in age to me i'm guessing maybe in your 40s yeah i'm 40 right okay yep. <laughs> um i'm a lot older than that but uh the reason why i say that is because one of the uh things that they always used to give kids uh was stuff that had codeine in it hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah uh-huh and so one of the things that I'm curious about as far as these conditions go is if it messes with your neurological makeup and your nervous system and your, you know, the neurons in your brain, um, if it is something that is medication induced. And I would say mm -hmm. that there's probably a lot more people that have misophonia than uh, what, what's really known. Oh yeah. I think, oh, well, I didn't even know I had that. I, I didn't even know I had a name until I was like mm -hmm. 25, mm -hmm. 26. Right. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, oh, it's just my weird tick or right. they might even think everyone reacts like that. And that everyone else is just better at controlling their emotions about it or who knows, but yeah, I'm sure it's way underdiagnosed. Right. And I would, I would think with the amount of people, um, you know, with the amount of people that were not only put on the antidepressants, but the amount of people that have been on long-term pain medications and stuff, I would bet if you had a room full of people and you have that conversation and, and ask them, 
are there noises that that irritate you to the point where you're nauseous, you're sweaty, you have a headache, your blood pressure mm. goes up? <laughs> yeah, there, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, that's, that would be interesting. The, there, there is um, a forum on Reddit that I was on for a while, but I don't mm-hmm. have a Reddit anymore because they they deleted my account like five. <laughs> yeah. Yay, welcome to the club. Yeah, say like one <laughs> w- wrong word and they're like, your account's banned. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I gave up on that, which I do miss that forum. That was really the one thing I, I do miss because it was, I mean, it's Reddit. So it's probably the most conglomerated groups of, you know. Uh, right amount of people anyway that could be exposed mm-hmm. to that kind of group but you know and, and i know there's conferences for it every couple of years they do these misophonia conferences mm-hmm. mostly for parents to help um help their kids deal with it and things like that and for adults too i'm sure but uh mm-hmm. i've never been to one i, I kind of want to go to one at some point but i've also i've been to a doctor for it so i went to a hearing doctor I forget the name of um audiology yeah that's it yeah mm-hmm. and they, the, the, the fact is they can't really do anything for it. Right. All I wanted to do is go in there and get diagnosed so mm-hmm. that I had that on record. Um, I knew they wouldn't be able to do anything cause I've tried everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, their solution is just wear headphones. Basically, you know, they, they wanted me to wear these like $2,500 hearing aids right. that I could put white noise on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can just buy some Bose headphones for three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can, you, know? <laughs> you can buy a pair of uh, shooting, uh, shooting earmuffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and I have, extent, I, have a, I have an extensive collection of Bluetooth headsets like, I keep them all over the place. Like, there's always some in my car, always some in my dresser, my nightstand, like my office. Like, they're everywhere. I have headphones everywhere. <laughs> so, what what has been like the most challenging thing about that like you said co-workers over the years like being in break rooms being like i go to a lot of trade shows and mm-hmm. uh sales meetings for my job right and you'll be in a conference room with rows of chairs and the worst is that like i'll be sitting i'll be sitting somewhere the speaker's talking and then they like hand out candy and chips or whatever Mm-hmm. So like you're trying to listen to one guy talk and there's like 15 people chewing all around you and I just I can't tune it out. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the hardest situations where I'm in a spot. I can't put my headphones on. I can't leave. Mm-hmm. So on public transportation, no problem. Noise canceling headphones done. Right. You know, but if I'm in a business meeting, like I remember this one time I was presenting some products to this lady and she comes up and she's like, oh, no, you know, I'm here for my appointment. And she reaches down and grabs a bag of Doritos. And is chewing them the whole time I'm trying to present. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even focus. Mm-hmm. Like it was so bad. I actually told her I needed to use the bathroom in the middle of my presentation. And I left, took my sweet ass time. And by the time I got back, she was done with a bag of Doritos. Thank God. Well, so, and I imagine um, that you probably had some difficulty getting people to listen to you as far as being able to get a diagnosis in the first place? Well, I specifically went to the audiologist that specializes in misophonia. All right. So she knew all about it. Um, she's down in Long Island. So I'm up in the Hudson Valley. So I had to drive down like two or three hours to get down to see her. There's nobody in my area that does it. Right. And um, it was good. I mean, I learned some things. She taught me some things I didn't know. But uh, 
overall, like I said, I, I, I didn't expect there to be some sort of like miracle solution that she was going to have, but mm-hmm. you know, it's good to just have it on record that way mm-hmm. any kind of insurance thing. I can show the, the, you know, the, the records that I actually do have this, Hey, maybe someday they would cover a pair of $2,500 headphones. Right. They denied them, but um, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe down the road. So is there any other noises besides like mouth noises that bother you? Yeah. I mean, like clicking pens, most like repetitive kind of high pitch noises. So like if somebody's like tapping their fingers or um, like a good example would be in my truck, if something is like, you know how there's always like kind of a squeak or something in your car when you're driving, if you're on like Mm -hmm. a bumpy road Mm -hmm. or if I had like cardboard boxes in the back of my car and they're kind of like, like rubbing against each other over and over and over and over that mm-hmm. drives me nuts. So I actually drive with headphones on a lot too, or I try to keep like my backseat clear. <clears throat> and I actually, I carry a can of um, WD-40. Mm-hmm. And if there's like squeaky parts of my car, I'll, I'll, I'll pull over and I'll, I'll spray. <laughs> like, you know how like the paneling on your door can get like rattly mm-hmm. sometimes? Like I'll get yeah. in there and like tape things down. I, like I actually have shims that I put on my dashboard and I shove these shims end up against the windshield mm-hmm. because my my dashboard would rattle sometimes so like mm-hmm. i was kind of like kind of like softening the contours of my car i do that kind of things a lot that's kind of a smart idea though and and what made me think of that was you know uh there's a lot of people that can't stand certain noises like nails on a chalkboard or whatever yeah one of the things that irritates the crap out of me is if i'm driving in my truck and uh, I have the auxiliary button turned on, but my phone's not plugged into it. Oh, so it's like that. It, that hummy, yeah, what squealy noise. And I'm like, oh, what the? And then I always have to like turn the radio on or something so I don't have to listen to that. Yep. <clears throat> but I was thinking about that and I thought, you know what? This has to be like way more common. And I can't believe it took him that long to to make a diagnosis because there's so many people that I think have an issue with sound. Yeah. I don't know what, I mean, they probably put it under some sort of mental health thing. Of course they that. do. You know, just kinda, <laughs> they, just shoot, they probably shoot. Well, actually I know this uh, is true because I've talked to people that when they were younger, before there was a, a term for it, they would just say it was some sort of mental thing mm-hmm. and they were putting them on SSRIs and crap. Exactly. Them. And it does and, nothing for it. Oh, well, I don't know. I've never taken one, but. And you know, um, SSRIs and SSNIs both mess with your brain chemistry mm. and mess with your neurons in your brain. And so that's rewiring. That's why. I was curious to know if you had ever been on any uh, kind of medication like that, that messes with your brain chemistry, because um, even people that are on um, long-term sleeping pills, um, because it messes with the melatonin and the receptors in your brain. Yeah. Um, Serotonin stuff does uh, people that take um, like over the counter sleep aids all the time. Uh, pain meds i can say um, that dopamine uh seizure meds yeah 
I can say the, the only thing that the only medication that I've taken, well, it's not even a medication. The only herbal supplement I've taken that helps at all is Kratom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't help a lot, but I do notice like there's a little bit of, I, I have a little bit more tolerance for it. Mm-hmm. So it takes it from a 10 to a nine and a half or a nine. Mm-hmm. So it does help a little. I try not to take it that much, but. You now, do do you, do you use um, any kind of eucalyptus? Hmm. I mean, I have not regularly, I guess. Um, the reason why I asked that is because eucalyptus oil is really good for any kind of nerve pain and oh, neurological stuff. So it's really good for, um, like it's useful in, in people that have like carpal tunnel or, uh, frequent headaches, migraines, um, nerve pain from, you know, like, uh, damage from car accidents, things like that. Hmm. Uh, that's why I was curious if you've ever done that before. No, I mean, we, we've, well, I mean, yes and no. Cause I, I do use it in different. So like I, like I was saying before, we make a lot of our own mm-hmm. bug spray and I make my own beard wax and all that stuff. Right. And eucalyptus is one of the things I use mm-hmm. in those products pretty often. Mm-hmm. And we also, um, what is it called? The little steamer thing, uh, diffuser. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. put it in the diffuser too. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. So, um, yeah, what I was saying earlier is like um, these things affect uh, like your um, sympathetic nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system, um, and your enteric system. And anyway, this is considered, it's considered like um, your second nervous system. And that's where your, your gut brain biome um, are attached together. And yep. so anytime the, the neurons or the receptors in your brain um, are off kilter, whether it's from, you know, medications or diet or combination of both or long-term antibiotics or, or whatever, um, it makes you not process the chemicals that you need to in your gut to make your body healthy. So before you got into like the essential oils and, and, you know, the clean, healthy, you know, chemical free home and stuff, did you have problems with like chronic fatigue, um, things like that all of the time? Not all the time, but I do feel a lot better. We started eating healthy and living clean, probably, I mean, it's been a, it wasn't like a light switch went off. It was like, you know, one thing at a time, mm-hmm. I would say starting the last six or eight years and mm-hmm. really heavily in the last four. Right. Um, I mean, I notice I, I have more energy. I feel better in general, mm-hmm. but I'm all, I also aged 10 years or almost 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, like I felt better when I was 30. So <laughs> yeah, I felt better when I was 20. That was a long yeah. time oh, ago. I felt great when I was 20. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's hard to say because when I was 20, I was drinking Mountain Dew and eating Burger King all the time. I felt amazing. Mountain (laughs) Mountain Dew was the way to go back then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I used to put a lot of that back. back Yeah, me too. (laughs) That was a good thing to get off of, though, because, woo, that's got a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely bad. So how how often would you say that you have... um, like pain is it daily or is it like coming waves like flare-ups feet pain or Mm -hmm. oh foot pain it's 
it's every morning for sure. But then some days are great. Some days are bad. So mm-hmm. some days my feet feel great. And like, I hike a lot. I'm out a lot. I move a lot. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of outdoor work. It's probably so, a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I try to stay moving all the time, but like, I'll go out, I can go out and hike six, eight miles. No problem on, on, over very strenuous terrain. But then the next day I pay for it. So mm-hmm. like the next day my feet are like killing. Now, does but it usually, make, uh, usually they, they, they start feeling better fairly quickly. Like if I go out and hike and my feet are sore the next day, by the following day after that, they're usually good. Now, when, after you do a hike like that and you get home, um, and the next day when you're hurting, do your calves hurt too? Yeah, it's a knee down. It's always like mostly ankles, but yeah, like just knee, knee, knees down. And I do get inner knee pain mm-hmm. because my feet are so flat that it puts a lot of pressure on the inside tendon mm-hmm. of my knee. So I have to use trekking poles when I hike, mm-hmm. like have to, even on a short one mile. I, I, I rely on those a lot. Have you ever had problem with a baker's cyst? in your knee no i haven't got any any i haven't gotten any physical issues just besides some sharp pain after a long hike Mm -hmm. and then that the knee pain is like the knee pain is weird because it's gone like the next morning like it'll 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 hurt like screaming sharp pains every Mm -hmm. step as i'm like getting back to the car i'm like all right that was enough eight miles i'm done (laughs) <laughs> sharp pains i get in my truck and i drive home they're all sore and then i wake up in the morning my ankles will hurt but my knees will be good that's so I think my good. Knees just like all right that's it like that's all we can handle yeah well that's that's why i was asking about the baker cyst because um what happens with with that people have like a lot of that inner knee pain and and whatnot but it's common in people that have had Um, any kind of shortening of their Achilles tendon or, uh, you know, anything that puts strain on the calf muscle and stuff like that, it makes the synovial fluid leak out of your knee into the back of your knee and it it forms a bulge. Um, And then sometimes they rupture and that fluid runs down the back of your calf. That sounds horrible. Yeah. That's why I was asking because it's 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 pretty common for people that have had any kind of uh, Achilles work to uh, have that kind of issue. <laughs> no, thank God, nothing yet. Hey, Amen. I'm sure it'll just get worse and worse <laughs> as they get older and older, but for right now, no, they're good. Yeah, that's a very good thing. So, my dear, it has been an absolute honor and blessing to talk to you. I could literally chit-chat your ear off all night long. Your wife might not like that too much. Um, But is there a place where people can follow you? Do you want people to follow you? Sure, yeah. So, uh, I'm only on Telegram. I don't have any other social media at all. I deleted everything. So, I'm down to just Telegram. Um, if you want, I actually run a homesteading group on telegram. Oh, fantastic. So I can send you the link if you wanted to put it in. The you know what? Or I Why don't you, it. do you have a little while you could tell me about the homesteading stuff? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So real quick, I'll just tell you what it is. So it's the, the group is called homesteading, prepping and survival on telegram. Oh, one if word. You, uh, nope. It's homesteading, comma, prepping, comma, and survival. So if you type that in on the search bar, it'll pop right up. It's a public channel. Uh, You just have to answer a little bot question when you get in there. Just, I don't know if you're familiar with Telegram, but there's a lot of bots on Telegram. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, there are. Usually money bots. 
Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get you to buy Investment crypto Forex. or come play for the slot <laughs> machine app or something. Or they're uh, some Q bot that's like uh, yeah. trust the plan bot. But uh, mm -hmm. luckily, I don't get a lot there. We just hit 200 people. I started this group maybe two months ago, and we just hit 205, 206. Hey, look at that. We just got another one. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we just basically, it, it's a group for people to share um, what they're working on, their projects. <clears throat> They can ask questions and get advice. You know, hey, I'm getting chickens. How should I handle this? What should I do? What what am I going to need? Or, you know, any kind of any kind of thing like that. And we share recipes, um, nice, all sorts of stuff, and just general chat. It. What I like about the chat is it's very clean. There's not. I mean, there's people make jokes and stuff. I'm Thank not saying goodness. it's perfectly clean. But, uh, <laughs> it's not. There's not a lot of like there's no fear porn or like what, you know, they're coming for us or, you know, we don't do, we don't share news, things like that. So that's a good news thing is related to prepping and survival. There's a lot of um, <laughs> telegram channels that I was part of and I'm like, Oh wow. Like I can't even handle uh, like some of the stuff anymore because it's so doom and gloom and yep. you know, uh, the earth's going to end and everyone's going to die. And I'm like, I don't, maybe I was raised a little differently, but I was always raised to kind of prep anyway. They never called it that, of course, but, you know, like my dad was kind of a hoarder in that aspect, you know, always like saving things that you would need or could use or whatever. So, yeah, my dad was the same way. We had like, you know, like a, not like junkie yard or anything, but like, you know, we'd have like an area in the back that you'd put like, mm hmm Something, oh, you know, I might use that chunk of metal or that chunk of fence uh, all the time. Uh, don't throw that. Chunks and yeah, like don't that. throw that piece of wood away. Uh, but oh, yeah. Like any time, <laughs> anytime I ever needed something, my dad's like, oh, I think I have that. And I'm like, yeah. seriously? I like, what this. do you have? What do you have a three quarter elbow PVC for? Like, why? What do you have that for? You never know. <laughs> he literally had anything you could ever need and want every screw and nail of every size. Yep. Yep. So that's, you know, I guess I get it from him, I was even though I'm enough. not a hoarder. <laughs> <That's good. clears throat> I was lucky enough to get a uh, card catalog from a local high school mm -hmm. uh, when they went away from card catalogs. So it's this really big, monstrous, beefy wooden thing with all the drawers and everything mm -hmm. and yeah i have like one's all washers and one's all different types that's of screws. a great one's idea all bolts, one's all nuts and then all different chain links i mean you name it like any kind of random parts just mm -hmm. i just throw them in there and then yeah you'll be working on something and you're like man if i, I just need something that's like an inch long and it's shaped like a C and it has this <laughs> on the end and you start digging through and you're like, Oh, that'll work. You know? And you just find something that'll, that'll do the job. Maybe you have to cut it with the, with the Dremel tool or something, but, <laughs> but it's better than, Oh, it's better than, Oh, I have to stop what I'm doing and run to home Depot and go, go get something. Right. And spend money. So on your, <clears throat> on your channel, do you have like, like everybody gives their input or ideas on stuff or do you ever do like uh live chats in your channel or anything like that? No, I should do some live chats. I mean, I, I've thought about it. I just, I, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> I don't have time to sit there, but yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've been thinking about doing some live chats, but typically what it is is somebody will post like an issue they're having, like either a health issue or an issue with their homestead 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of people will comment what they've done and their solutions that they've done. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, look at this cool thing I did on my homestead. Right. And then everyone's like, oh, that's wicked cool. And then they'll give advice about how they did it, mm-hmm. how much it cost, things like that. So it's more about just helping each other. So do you have um, like ideas as far as like uh, if somebody wanted to throw together um, like a go bag or something like that? Yeah. You know, I think if you were to say, hey, I want to throw together a go bag and, you know, what should I put in there? Mm -hmm. The first person might list 10, 15 things and then people just add things throughout the whole day and then you can kind of go back and read through and Mm -hmm. make a list that way. Not yeah, like I mean, not like the go bags that uh, they were giving away at the Denver airport not too long ago. Were they really? I didn't hear about that. Oh, my gosh. It, it was so ridiculous, though. There was no water, no food. Um, it was a roll of paper towels, um, a bag of cotton balls, a little <laughs> thing of alcohol, like a, a really small like thing of alcohol. Um, no matches. There was a flashlight and some batteries. What was the reason to give them away? They were doing <laughs> nuclear preparedness drills. Um, <laughs> they ran them twice in in September. They ran them twice, and uh, the last one was on the twenty fourth. And so the whole month, they were giving away these go bags. But like I said, there was nothing. I mean. I guess you could use cotton balls for something that start a fire if you need to. I don't know. Um, That's really odd. But I, I mean, was like paper towels. I, maybe you could use that for like to stop up blood if you need to. But I mean, food and water seems like the, the number one and number stuff. two thing that you'd have. <laughs> I mean, food you could even do without. Like people can go several yeah. days without food if they have to you can't with I mean, water is like number one you got to have some water yeah. or at least a way to purify water yeah like my go bag doesn't always have water because it's always in my truck and i always have water in my truck mm-hmm. i figure anything i need to supplement with i can throw in there because i don't want to leave a bottle of water in there yeah in the heat and all that stuff yeah no months and months on end um but i always keep a i keep a life straw in there and mm-hmm. and an empty i keep a life straw bottle or a life straw and an empty uh, stainless steel bottle. Mm-hmm. So as long as I can fill that somewhere, I can use the life straw. I mean, I can fill it out of a pond or a puddle. Now, do you do you order the life straws from somewhere, or or do Just you have Amazon. a? I, I wait till they go on sale on Amazon. Yeah, I didn't know. There's there's some people that uh, you know live in a place where they can buy stuff like that. We literally live in the middle of nowhere, so yeah, like a lot of that stuff is not remotely close to us <laughs> oh boy well anyway my dear i certainly appreciate you spending time with me today um it was an honor and a blessing and i'm so very happy to meet you and i'm gonna jump on your telegram channel here in just yeah. a short bit too Absolutely. um so anyway my dear any final thoughts for you today um, none at all. I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's always nice to be able to share misophonia with people because the more people that know about it, maybe there'll be less people chewing loudly in public. Exactly. <laughs> That's my only wish. <laughs> or losing their shit when they hear yeah. somebody chewing. Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, my dear, thank you so much. It was an honor and a blessing to have you on here today. And thanks to shout out to Miss Ellie for doing the hookup. So I love you, sister. Uh, so for me and for Zach, have a good one and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>